Hi, this is Jenny Byers, and you are listening to Awaken Nation with Brad Salas. A huge shift is taking place on planet Earth. People seem to be waking up. Tired of the way things used to be, they are creating something brand new and changing the world we live in. My name is Brad Zalas, and I get to sit down with the next generation of idea makers, the disruptors, and the game changers. Everyday people, just like you and me, from all over, who are doing amazing things. Welcome to Awakened Nation. Jenny, how you doing? Great. So where are you at right now? You're in you're in Tennessee. I am. I'm in East Tennessee. Okay, good. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know who Jenny Byers is, this is her second time on our show. She's a friend of the show, and I've been to her sanctuary out in Tennessee. It's phenomenal. Uh, Spirit reunions, great place to go and heal. And uh, Jenny, uh, before I read your bio, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you just put out an ebook right now, which we're going to go into. And uh, this is extraordinary, the work that you do. Uh, and we're going to talk about it. So uh, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. <laughs> yeah, like I always say, you have this contagious smile uh, wow. that you can see from space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you don't know who Jenny is, Jenny Byers is a multidimensional living light language translator and the founder of Spirit Reunion Sanctuary. The sanctuary is located in the Cherokee Mountains of East Tennessee. The land sits on what is nicknamed the Crystal Mountains, which is in one of the largest vortex energy spots in the United States. And I can attest to that. I've been there. It's pretty powerful. The property has been designated as a protected forest greenbelt and backs up to the Cherokee National Forest. Through her interdimensional communication, Jenny was made aware that this land carries many streams of unity consciousness, including that of the Native Americans, Galactics, Sasquatch, and Ancestors, all of whom are part of the Spirit Reunion's team of healers and Ascension assistants. And Jenny's here today to not only talk about the, you know, going beyond the veil, but her new book that is of the same name, which is Spirit Unions. And I like this subtitle. Let's get this party started. <laughs> welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, for, as a recap that a lot of people may not know, uh, Jenny was on the show, um, a couple of years ago, and she talked about connecting with her mother who had crossed over, over the veil on the other side and started communicating with her. But this book, and this is what I love about this book, Jenny, you go really deep into this started in childhood, all this, your abilities, this awakening, this ability to sense spirits, uh, other things, entities in the room, and being able to read this. And you tried to suppress some of those talents and gifts, but you had so many unusual things that happened along the way that woke you up. And we're going to talk about that today. Uh, Let's talk about Silver Spoon. You talk about this in the book. And this was, I guess, your spirit guide. Let's start there. Well, at the time, I really didn't know who he was. I mean, I was able to sense him and see him in my room. I was 15 when he first appeared and I was terrified. I went and slept with my mom. I was like, I'm definitely not sleeping in that room because I could sense him. He was really tall, like uh, eyes by the ceiling. Um, But it took a little bit of time for me to begin to understand who he was and that he was here to assist me with walk in between worlds, because he explained that this is the work I was going to be doing. And he was coming in to help teach me how to protect myself. So he worked with me for about five years. I could hear him. We had signs together, um, just the way that he would let me know that he was here. He would give me tingles from my toes up and it was, it wasn't light tingles. He would give me very powerful, strong tingles from my toes up to let me know he was there. If I called him, if I needed some help, And I depended on him a lot when I was a teenager. I had a lot of experiences with entities and I would call him and they would go and he would clear the room and I would feel safe. Um, But the ultimate goal was for him to teach me how to do it for myself, which he did. And it's because of that time from the time I was 15 to about 20, 21, um, that I was 
in a space where I felt like I was fully in charge of my energy field and I could freely go into different dimensional realms without risk of getting attachments or, you know, in, in countering or interacting with entities that were not of light. Right. I loved what you, when you told this story in the book where he put you through a, an experience where he didn't come to defend you. Mm-hmm. You had to learn to defend yourself. Let's talk about that a little bit because you, this was scary, very yeah. scary moment for you. Yeah. Um, I had an entity come to me at night and it was attacking me. It was an, an entity attack and it was a, a terrifying experience. Uh, but as soon as I felt that energy coming in and I could see it around me, I just called Silver Spoon in and he didn't come. And I call him again and he didn't come. And I started to panic because he always came. He always right. came in. And so um, the more I panicked, the more, the stronger that entity got. So I could feel it overtaking me like it was going to fully take my body over. Um, And just in time, he stepped in to not allow that to happen. But he let me know that it was my fear that allowed that entity to get into my field that close and to have that kind of control and power over me which was the point all along of what he'd been trying to teach me. But it was like, I say, you know, you're like in school and then you go into clinicals and it was like, okay, I'm in my clinical phase and I failed miserably. (laughs) At least after that, I got it. It's like the experience that he gave me made it click and I was safe. You know, he stepped in just, just in time. Thank God. It's funny for those of you who are listening right now, we, we may have taken a turn into the, the deep well of this. And I've had experience with this as well. Um, I was saved by something as a kid. I was jumping up and down on my bed and something, you know, I was about to fall and break my neck and something reached out and grabbed me midair. So if you're listening to this, folks, a lot of you have had a deep, profound spiritual experience and maybe you put it off to the side. Or maybe you live life consciously, uh, aware of this. I don't know. But those of you who are listening, Jenny has had these experiences since childhood, and she's awakened to these gifts slowly, surely, and confidently, uh, and is helping extraordinarily to heal people in this day and age, to, to release some burdens, to talk to people who have crossed over in their lives, and um, actually help people. Uh, you talked about this on our first time on the show, but you, there was a time, I think you were a teenager or or I forget when it was, but you decided to let this family know something. And it was the first time you really let other people outside know your gifts. Oh yeah. That, that was something because I was at that point, I was really new at allowing other people to know that I had this ability or, you know, and sharing it and giving messages was a whole other level. You know, I could do it for myself, but I was terrified to do it for others. So I had a a teenage girl that was friends with my son that uh, had been at my house and we started talking and one thing led to another where I ended up at their home. And uh, as I'm sitting down with the family, uh, the dad walks in and starts to challenge me and telling me that I am not of God. And, you know, the religion was an issue for him because of the religious teachings. So uh, it was very stressful. Um, I couldn't hear at that point. Then he's like, well, tell me something. Let me know if you're for real. And then I'm so nervous and I can't hear. And it was just very hectic. And they're all kind of arguing amongst themselves. Leave her alone, dad. You know, it was very much like, uh, like it should be a reality TV show. Yeah. but I finally was able to, you know, close my eyes and his dad came in very strong and gave him a message. And the message was so uh, specific that he knew that I could not have made that up. And at that point, it was very emotional. And there was it, it was just like it changed the whole situation. And he but- went and bought pizza for all of us. You, yeah, it's funny when people get really upset because 
A lot of times it's the the newness of this. They've never experienced it. The Bible is filled with people who are prophets who had your gifts and you know, yeah. they were touched by this and they could see things. But I think what broke him was you talked about um he he there was a swing in his childhood, I believe, a a, a, a tire was it a tire with a rope swing? And well, nobody knew like, about that. Yeah, it was a simple thing. Um, that they always are very simple. Spirit simple. They, you know, they just give you little messages that just so that you know that that's that it's them. And uh, the message was, as I saw a vision of a tree, and it, I, I described the tree. It was this beautiful big tree, and there was a swing on it. Um, and I said, he just says to tell you to go to this place, and this is the place where he is. And he will communicate with you. Well, it was the family home. It was his home. And at the funeral, uh, they had all pitched in, bought the swing, took the swing back to the house, put it on the tree as a gift for everybody to sit under, to meditate with him or to connect with him. That was the whole purpose of it. Yeah. So he showed it to me. And whenever I gave that message, then then he was nicer to me. I remember that story so distinctly because he was yeah. so angry. I was angry. Yeah, and he felt you were full of it. Yeah, and, th- and then all you did was say something simple, and he just melted, started crying. Yeah. And then he realized, yeah, maybe she's maybe she's real. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, that's a very very powerful story. Uh, yeah. What made you want to write the book? By the way, I know I know a lot of people want to write books nowadays, but for you, you really held off on this. Like you didn't. You didn't just throw it together. You've been working on this for a while, I believe. Am I right? Yeah. I actually knew about the book 20 years ago. I knew that my mom and I were going to co-write it. She told me, and I think she kind of lit a fire under me this time because she said it's really time. And I think it's divine timing. Uh, I've been working on it for years and it just all of a sudden felt like it just evolved and happened and, and was published in the perfect time. And the reason for it is because um, it's a it's really a teaching manual. It is here yeah. to assist people in getting connected into the higher dimensional realms. We talk about ascension and all of the changes that are happening now, the shifts. Well, this book is my personal journey in, into the shift, into a higher vibrational state of being, a, a higher vibrational state of thinking. Um, an awakened state, a more conscious state, whatever you want to call it. There's lots of words, but uh, ultimately this is the way she trained me. So after my mom passed, she started coming to me and she explained to me that she was going to pull me out of states of illusion and out of lower states of being. And she was going to bring me up into an awareness of them in the higher dimensions And it's really uh, a manual on how to do it, how to stay in alignment with them. They're helping us. They're a beautiful part of our spirit family. There's no separation and they're guiding us from the higher dimensions. So, you know, I think the most important thing in this book is understanding that that we can access them at any time. How do you access them? This is how you do it. And I spend a lot of time witnessing people be able to interact with them very simply. And now's the time more than ever we can yeah. access them. We can hear them and you know, it's, it's powerful. So I love it. That's awesome. And it, you, I don't want to go down in consciousness, but you help people by also talking about some of the types of entities that are out there, the shadows, things like that. You want to talk just briefly about that and then we'll, We'll get back up. <laughs> yeah, the the shadows. Uh, so we are in a, a dimension that is right next to uh, some call the astral plane, the fourth dimension. Uh, my mom explains that she exists more in the fifth dimension and up. Some, you know, she's she carries a, a seventh dimensional, fifth dimensional vibration, and those shadows are entities that have not moved on into the higher dimensions and they exist right next to us. And we're actually closer to them than they are in the higher dimensions. And so it's really important for us to understand that they're here. They're influencing us. They have really disconnected from the only life source that is real. And that is living light from source. They've disconnected. And so they're using our light and our energy to feed. 
And awareness of this is hugely important because a lot of us are being influenced by these energies and not aware. So she's taught me how to be aware. And so one of the main things I do at my center is I help people become aware. These atta- They can attach in your energy field. They also are passed down generationally in families and we don't realize it. And a lot of us have come back to kind of uh, clear up these genetic uh, distortions, these lower entities that have kind of stuck with families for generations. A lot of us are here to clear this up. And I, I assist people in doing that. You uh, help me immensely. And I want everybody to know this. I was, you know, I, I knew that entities, demons, whatever you want to call it, possession existed. I've seen it up close. Um, and one of the things I reached out to, to Jenny at one point, because I was picking up bad habits that are not like me. I'm very disciplined about certain things. And I started to realize I might have an entity attached to me. And I reached out to Jenny. Uh, and at that time she was working with her son and they helped me clear some things. And sure enough, you called me back. I'll never forget this. And you go, your brother, it's your brother. I said, I'm an only child. What are you talking about? And then we, we, we talked for a little while. And then I realized I have stepkins, you know, I have step brother and sister. And it was my stepbrother that you helped get, get off of me. And I was like shocked. And the proof that you knew, nobody knows about my stepbrother, but evidently, uh, I think your son or you said it, um, he looked like Merlin. And I burst out laughing because my joke with my stepbrother was he looked like Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings. He had a two to three foot beard all the way down to his belly and it was silver. And so when, you know, you, you didn't really know me back then. And I was like, wow, you guys nailed it. And I was just like, okay, this is proof. And I test anybody who works with me or works on me. I test them. I ask them questions. They couldn't possibly know. So you you pass the test. Um, Now I want to talk about some of your abilities. Now you're native American. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. What, what your Cherokee? Yeah. So my family line on my mom's side goes up to the Chickamauga Cherokee tribe all the way up to the top, uh, to Atacula Kula, who was the head of the Cherokee nation, his son, Dragon Canoe, they're in the museum down by my house. And I've since learned that Silver Spoon is connected to that family line. So that's also very interesting. And where I ended up moving in this, in the property that I have is where they were. But I didn't know that when I moved there, but now I know that it's all connected to my family line and uh, what the journey that I'm on, because that was the side of my family that was connected. That was the side that was able to hear spirits. It was my mom's line, my grandpa, all the way up to Atacula Kula that were actively using these gifts. And when you have people in your family that are using gifts or using certain things, those are active in your genetic line, it's easier for you to access them. The reason I asked about your Native American uh, lineage is because I've noticed that people of certain genetic backgrounds, they pick up natural abilities. And one of the abilities to talk to the ancestors, talk to the dead, have psychic uh, abilities and intuition runs very strong in Native American culture. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to, to Talk about that because your brother and your sister both had uh, these abilities as a young kid as well. You were able to talk to them about this, but your brother had an experience with a 911 call uh, when you were you guys were young where it just didn't make sense. Uh, let's talk about that one because I found that fascinating in the book because it was just like, okay, here's proof. A little bit of his shaking, shaking you awake, as I like to call it. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting because my brother and sister have the similar gifts, but they're different. Just like all of us, we all have different ways of of interacting with different dimensional realms. My brother actually has a gift where anyone who passes away in the family comes to him directly. Um, And this is the case with this one particular girl who had passed away in a house, an old house we lived in. It was like from the 1800s, but she had 
passed away um, from a murder and we didn't know this, but she came to my sister. She came to my brother. uh, She came to my mother um, and I would get phone calls. We were getting phone calls with a, a variety of different things happening. Sad piano music playing. She was crying. 911 was called. Our phones were disconnected. Uh, The police came and they really thought we were hiding something. They had to search our house. And it all went back to this girl who was really just trying to get our attention and have us help move her on because she was stuck in between. I found this fascinating because the 911 call came from inside your house and the police showed up. And here was the funniest part. There was no way you could make a 911 call because the power was out at your house for hours. You couldn't use the phone. Right. And so the police were like, uh, 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 come on, you're lying. you know." And you're like, no, look, come on in. Right. And so she was really trying to get your attention uh, with this, which, is, which I, I thought was just, I mean, it was, it's comical, but it's not comical. It's really spirit yeah. just you know, going, hey, um, I'm here. Can you help? Um, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we went to do this show live an hour and a half ago, and we couldn't because her power at her house went out right as we were about to go live. So it's like spirit plays these funny games sometimes, and you just sit there going, what? <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty common was, for me. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about this these ascension levels, because... I don't know about you, but I had Michelle Soros on uh, a couple of days ago, and we talked about you know awakening consciousness. She talked about this, which I thought was very profound. She was slated to be, you know, this this lifestyle expert on extra. She had been a host on HSN, and um, you know she was she wanted to be on TV and all these powerful things. And spirit shook her at her core. And she did ayahuasca and she did a bunch of other things. And all of a sudden she realized my gifts and my journey are much bigger than this, this shallow goal, you know, she talked about. And what about you? I mean, you, we're entering into an, uh, a time when I feel the, the planet Earth is going to have to split because there are people who just cannot see through the illusion, no matter how much they are shown. And then there are other people who are starting to wake up. I mean, at such a profound level, I didn't think it was possible. And then there are those of us who have always been here going, hey, do you see that? That's an illusion. And so I I see all this. Let's talk about that because I don't know how we're going to, not everyone's going to wake up on this trip. Yeah. So my mom has explained to me so many things, Brad. I listened to her teach me and and talk to me about so many different things about reality and life. And when I talk to other people, you know, people will ask me questions and I say, well, let me explain to you what she says. You know, it's always, okay, well, here's what my mom says about this. So what she says about the split in the timelines is, yes, that is happening. She's confirmed that we are splitting. This has already happened. It's already happening. I mean, it's it's we're living in a multi-timeline experience. Mm-hmm. And there are those that exist in lower vibrational timelines. There are those that exist in higher vibrational timelines, all happening at once. And the higher the vibration the harder it is for us to see and hear if it's outside of our range. Um, Same with lower. So this is part of why if we notice in our own surroundings with people, we have a hard time hearing certain people. um, And it really is that we can't comprehend what each other are saying. Um, There seems to be a glitch, you know, we have, we can't understand each other. And she just explains that that's part of the vibrational timeline split. That's interesting uh, because the best way I can explain it to other people is I don't know if you remember the TV show 30 rock um, once in a while to tune in. I wasn't a big, big fan of it, but there was an episode where John Hamm showed up and he was uh, dating, uh, I guess the character on the show, Liz Lemon and John Hamm was so good looking that whenever he went anywhere, people would just, 
do stuff for him. He didn't even have to ask. And, you know, what's her name is sitting next to him. She's dating him and she can't believe she's going out with such a good looking guy. But she started to realize like he was in an illusion that everybody loved him. And he, he would just be given it offers and all this other stuff. And she goes, you live in an illusion. You have no idea what's going on. And she, and he's literally like, why are you so mean, Liz? You know, she's like, no, I'm trying to tell you. So through the entire episode, the episode's called the bubble. I love this. And what happened is Calvin Klein runs into him on the street and offers him a modeling contract right there live. You know, he goes to the restaurant that she's been told off at every time by the waitress because she wants something special on the menu. And all he does is order, you know, something that isn't even on the menu. And they go and they make it for him. She goes, this doesn't happen in real life. And I feel like that is such a great example of when we live in a bubble. And we've all done it. You know, I'm not sitting here you know, standing on this plateau going, oh, you need to wake up. Um, waking up is a gradual step-by-step process based on what your consciousness is uh, able to handle at that time. And I, I want to talk about that because the first thing that shattered me so hard awake, that pain, you know, I can, I can never not remember it is the first time I read a David Icke book. I got so depressed because I said to myself, if 10% of this is real, we're screwed. Mm -hmm. But something, spirit, a nudge, God, whatever you want to call it, told me point blank, this inner intuition said, you must read this entire book. And so I forced myself to read it. Um, Did that ever happen to you or anybody around you where you literally were shattered awake. Oh my gosh. Uh, multiple times. I don't, I, I think that still happens. <laughs> <Some kind laughs> I, of, I'm yeah. finding it hard to believe because you're so, you're such an advanced soul here on <laughs> earth. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, my mom explained that this is endless, even in the higher dimensions, like this doesn't end when we leave. I mean, this is something that is continuous in every way, regardless of the the physical reality. So we're always advancing. We're always evolving. And I love the way you said we evolve our consciousness depending on how much we can handle. And when she works with me to help expand my consciousness, it's very clear that I am like in kindergarten. You know, my consciousness is like, I'm getting this much of what she's saying And at least I can get that much of it. And then I integrate it. And then she brings me the experience. And this is what she calls spirit school, the way that they assist us. And I tell people the best analogy I can use, it's like being a parent to us and they um, get, let us go on the playground and they let us run around and play and we might skin our knee and fall down and they'll just patch it up for us, but they're not going to keep us from having these experiences. And a lot of these experiences are what help us wake up. So they're hands off with that. My mom's very hands off. Um, It's like she lets me get to the edge of death and then she saves me and says, yeah, hey, you're fine. There you go. And (laughs) it's, It's through those experiences that we grow the most. Gee, thanks, mom. Yeah. Um, You know, it's very interesting while you're talking about this, the number one movie in America right now is The Sound of Freedom, which is the true story of of Tim Ballard's um, walking away from a a potentially cushy job with the National Security uh, Association and deciding to pursue stopping child trafficking around the world. And the whole movie is it's played by um, Jim Caviezel plays Tim Ballard in the in the movie. And it's it's true. Okay, so I find it interesting that that's the number one movie in America. It still continues to be the number one movie in America, whereas everybody thought Indiana Jones was going to come out and everybody go go see that. Well, technically, Indiana Jones bombed. Uh, as a matter of fact, the last six Disney films have bombed miserably. And I use that as a barometer. This is why I'm bringing it up because those movies are pure commercial uh, fantasies that are written to keep us enchanted. And I want everybody to look up the word enchanted when we're done here. 
but the enchantment seems to be over. And this is the indicator. Uh, the sound of freedom is what people want to see. And they've gotten up and they've gone to movie theaters and paid to sit in the seats to actually watch it. And I just am cracking up at how the powers that be, all the media that used to, you know, celebrate Tim Ballard six years ago, 10 years ago, saying the work you're doing is outstanding. We love you. And now they're calling him a QAnon guy, a conspiracy theorist, despite the fact that 8 million children disappear every year around the world. This is a reflection, ladies and gentlemen, of the fact that people are no longer going to buy the illusion anymore of going to see an Indiana Jones film. Yay. And there's nothing wrong with going to see an Indiana Jones movie or Spider-Man or, you know, Captain America or any of the, the MCU, the DCU. But what I'm seeing right now is a huge shift on planet earth where people have chosen truth. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. Well, one of the things I wanted to share, I'm glad that you brought it up, is be, is what I'm doing now compared to when you and I were together a few years ago, Brad, um, the, the evolution of my consciousness and the shift in my own life and my uh, connection to spirit um, happened about two years ago, year and a half ago, maybe, where my mom came to me and she said, look, everything is changing. The consciousness is shifting so quickly now. The light is coming in more than ever. She said, most people are not adapted to living light yet. It's kind of been kicked out of your, your dimensional field. Um, NASA calls these tachyons, by the way. And it was known prior that tachyons were something that you could only experience when you got outside of the atmosphere and you would experience this euphoria. And, you know, now those energies are getting in to the dimension that we're in. Light is lighting things up, literally. And she said, you need to adapt to more light. You need to let this light into your body. It's intention-based. You need to adapt to it. Part of that adaption means that you have to be able to hold more light in your body for longer periods of time. And so she taught me how to do this. So when I first started having her work with me, after about an hour, I would be exhausted. Hmm. And now I can sit for about eight hours and they can be in my field. They can be using my physical vessel to assist other people. And that was over quite a period of time. But she continues to urge people to, to begin to work with living light intentionally and not have it bouncing off your energy field, have you adapting it to your field, into your body. And um, it's like endurance. It's like anything else. You have to be able to hold it for longer periods of time. So one of the things she said to me is, it's all, it's been great that we've been able to speak to them through you, but now we just need you to get them to us. They're ready. And that, you know, it's like the gap between dimensional frequencies is closing. It's like they're close enough now that they can reach us. And this is what's happening. I am witnessing. I mean, there's probably been a handful of people in hundreds of sessions that can't do this, get into the heaven realm through me. So I am able through my mom to give people what I say is, is, is a near-death experience. I'm witnessing people have near-death experiences, what we, we used to call them in the old days, you know, the right. E because you're interacting with your loved ones and you are fully in the higher dimensions, hearing, seeing, feeling. And, and this is amazing for us. And this is indicative of where we are in our consciousness and the fact that they can reach us now and they can interact with us this way, pretty soon nobody's going to need me. And that's glorious. Everybody's going to yeah. be connected back into the field. Separation is over. Manipulation in this reality is done because we've come back into source. Interesting that you brought this up because I probably about 15 years ago, when I talked about this stuff to people their eyes would roll or they'd leave the restaurant I was in because they'd see me coming and they'd be like, ah, we got to get out of here. Pay the bill, pay the bill, Ron. You know? um, and then I've had some of these same people call me up and they go, 
how are you so spot on about all this? And, you know, some of us, you know, I'm not, not here to brag, but some of us, we just were shaken awake so early in life. We, we just see, we see things before they're about to happen. I'm so contrarian in everything. It's not funny. Um, but what I wanted to talk about is I read this and, and I heard talks about this probably a good 10 years ago. And that was this. They said that our solar system was heading into an area of space that has nothing but a photonic field agitation going on. So ladies and gentlemen, everything is made of photons. They already measured this. They've, you know, once we go below the atom, the atomic level, electrons, neutrons, quarks, once we get below that, we're in a photonic, everything's photonic, which is light and data. So where we're headed right now is agitating this stuff. And we've only been in this area of space, maybe like 15 years. And every time we touch this edge of the photonic field, a major event would happen all over the world. Well, now they're happening consistently. Boom, boom, boom. Because we're in the middle of it. And David Icke talked about this. I can't believe I'm quoting David Icke. This is another thing that's pretty astounding because he's been spot on so far. Um, He said there will be a moment when we will all wake up and we can see what is really going on. Like the illusion will go away. We'll be able to see these beings or whatever they are um, who have been repressing us for thousands of years. And there will be no illusion anymore. And one of the most interesting parts about this is he says, this is the reason why they're trying to control the human race more and more and more every day, because we are awakening, we are breaking through the illusion, and we are starting to see what is really going on on planet Earth. Let's talk about that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I want to say that David Icke was one of my first big awakenings too, and I read yeah. his book. Um, so that, and I actually got to see him in Toronto speak uh, back in 2017, I think it was, and it was one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced to this day. Um, so, in preparation for this, which is basically what I am doing, is I'm helping the preparation for this. People are being brought to me so that I can help prepare them for what David Icke is talking about. That's actually happening now. Um, I'm I'm witnessing spontaneous awakenings. Um, people are just depending on where they are in their ability to let go completely of the artificial reality and their addiction to it, or you know the illusions of it. Yeah. Uh, I help prepare people to, with ease and grace, let go. And outside of fear, Uh, we do it through such a beautiful vibration of love. And I get to witness um, some of the most profound instantaneous awakenings, because once you move into the source field and you interact with your loved ones there, there, there is an attunement that happens an activation that happens and there's no going back. Yeah. You already know something you didn't know before, which is truth. It's higher truth. It's interesting because that was the whole premise of why I started this show mm-hmm. um, back in 2019. It was, I was having conversations with people that I realized the world needs to hear these conversations. You may not agree with them. You might even be living in a dogmatic universe where you've memorized an entire religious book and that's spirituality to you. But I wanted people to hear the other side of many of these stories. And so you're, you're one of those. Uh, you know, light givers, way showers that I said, I need to talk to this person. So uh, I've been to Jenny's retreat, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is whew, um, the energy over there is just phenomenal. And um, you have all these cabins on the property. Let's talk about that a little bit because spiritual reunions, this is your sanctuary for healing. Yeah. Well, in 2012, um, I had done a plant medicine journey. And during that medicine journey, I had integrated my, what I called my lower and higher mind. And six months later, I was gifted 15 acres in the Cherokee National Forest 
to start this retreat. And I'm very clear that the reason I was gifted this through spirit was so that I could work with them. And really I say the place is theirs. You know, my mom, there's a whole team of people, you know, I activate their energy here and I activate their desires for us and that that unconditional love into the land and I'm in service to them. So if it weren't for them, we would not have the miracles and the beauty that we have there, but we do. And we keep the vibration very pure. And it's it's an absolutely beautiful experience to come to this property and feel them, interact with them. It's like you get to hang out in heaven for a little while. And yeah. you know, people that stay there oftentimes we'll hear my mom, she'll come to them and they'll come out and they'll say, your mom was talking to me all night. You know, she runs it. I laugh. I'm like, you know what? She runs it. She takes this, like, she's all about it, helping people and loves and brings the people. And it's just a beautiful spirit experience. It is. I've been there with friends and I've met some people there where we become lifelong friends, but, um, it's the energy that when you get there, you know, I, I've heard about these, these great temples high up in the, the Himalayas and the Andes where, um, you know, spiritual gurus can go to meditate and it's a retreat and only the worthy can get there, you know, and uh, that's how your, you know, spirit reunions retreats feel like there's this energy that is so uplifting. I remember the first day we were there, I arrived early because, you know, like three or four days early and helped, you know, get everything ready. But that Friday, as people really started to arrive and then Saturday, the healings began and people were elevated. And uh, I was just blown away because by the end of the day, um, they warned me, you know, you're going to, you're going to feel like a truck hit you the next day because you're letting go of so much. And I got to tell you, it was, it was just enlightening. Uh, and then we had a wonderful prayer circle on Sunday morning. Um, and so I, I encourage anybody who wants to have a retreat, uh, a place where they can, uh, you know, sit and be with spirit uh, and be supported. And it doesn't matter what background you are, you know, Christ, if you're, if you're a follower of Christ or Buddha or whatever, this is a, a really great non-denominational place to go and uh, get some amazing uh, healings and things like that. And Jenny's there with other healers. It isn't just about her as well. So go ahead. You're about to say something. I know there's something you want to talk about. Go yeah, ahead. I, could, I could talk endlessly. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, thank you, Brad. And I love that. That was one of the best memories you come in. We had a lot of fun. Um, and, and I tell people a lot that, you know, that people call me and they say, what is this place? You know, we've heard about it. What is this? And what are you doing? And some people are thinking, what is this? Is this a cult? You know, what has she got going on up there? Um, but it's hard to really explain it until you experience it. But when you come up and you spend time there, you find yourself relaxed. You can feel your heart opening um, there's a beautiful community where we love each other. People have come up that have been in communities for years and say, how have you had such a positive community for so long? People usually are bickering. I know we're not perfect, but we den- we genuinely ha- are experiencing a higher vibrational reality. And that's yeah. the whole point. You know, it, you've got to come and experience a higher vibrational experience so that you can then integrate it into your own lives. Um, that's what the whole point was. My mom said, you know, this is experiential come and experience it. And then you're just going to know for yourself. Yeah. You get to shut off your phone. (laughs) You get to drink pure water. Uh, you get to relax. You you either get your own cabin or you get to share it with uh, like-minded souls. And then, uh, you go on hikes. It's on the beautiful, um, the acreage that you have there, the trees and the grass and it's just phenomenal. And then at night you get to relax in the healing that you've just experienced. And um, you have kind of a fellowship that goes on around this big 15 foot in diameter uh, fire fire pit, which is great. Uh, but yeah, the, the experience was extraordinary for me. Um, I just was like, wow, this is, this is incredible. This was just a great, great experience. And I encourage anybody who's listening 
um, to go check it out, make a trip, fly in, and uh, really enjoy what's going on there. Uh, let me ask you this. You talked about the second coming of Christ and conversations with God. Let's talk about that in the book. Okay. <laughs> you go, okay. <laughs> so uh, my experience is uh, with regarding that book, the conversations with God. You're talking about the book, correct, Brad? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I read the book. I'm in my 20s, early 20s, and I'm... Uh, kind of in a state of victim consciousness at that point. You know, I didn't know it, but, you know, I was. And I was with a man who was just not very nice. And I found that book and I read the first chapter and I said, okay, if God talks to everybody, then God needs to be talking to me because I'm in a situation here with this man. And I was, you know, felt very trapped. And I got up in the night and I snuck into the laundry room and I sat down. I said, all right, God, if you talk to everybody, I need you to talk to me right now. This is urgent. And I had an experience that was profound. Um, The next thing you know, I feel like I'm in a different reality and I am hearing a voice that is audible. (laughs) It's not in my head. It feels audible. And he says, go back to every moment in your life when the people that should have been loving you right were not. And I quote that. I will never forget that. And he said, go back because time does not exist the way you believe it to. You actually can go back and you can love yourself in all of those moments you put love there. And that's what will heal you and bring you back to whole. Now, that was the answer to me saying, you know, what about this guy that I'm with <laughs> and how do I do it? <laughs> and that was, you know, for an early twenties girl, I was like, hang on a second. We've gone in a whole different direction than I was expecting. Um, so yeah, he, he, it was not at all what I was expecting. And I actually saw myself as like a hologram in front of me at four years old. And I actually gave myself a hug. I had a life review of sorts where, you know, when people have a near-death experience, they talk about like the screen and they're, they're seeing images of their life. It was like that. I was seeing moments in my life where I had been hurt and, you know, even my teachers in school or, you know, my parents, just moments where I had gotten my feelings hurt. I was real sensitive. And I was actually going back to those moments and I was filling myself with love. And uh, after it was over, my life changed quite a bit. I mean, I, I, I realized that I could move in and out of time. I didn't know that was a thing. I realized mm-hmm. that time is not solid. I could actually go back. And when you do go back and you put love into situations where love was missing, you actually transform your timeline. Yeah. So well, that was a profound experience. I've been able to bend time. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've done it. And it it shocks me when you do it. And there's there's habits I've picked up to keep time from I keep time at bay. Let's put it that way. Let me ask you this. Let's shift gears just a second. <clears throat> what do you say to naysayers? Because sometimes I'm talking to somebody and they'll say, Well, that's not in the Bible, you know, so they don't want to talk about it. But we are clearly in a day and age where these things are being thrust into our face. Mm-hmm. And we have to face them because I believe in this, you know, I grew up Catholic. So I look at the Bible as, as the, you know, the, the beginning of all this for me. And I look at it and I realize none of Jesus's teachings are in the Bible. It's basically a history book. And what he said, where he went, how he did whatever. And then he says, follow me, you know, whatever. But there's no instruction manual for the, how to follow him. Mm-hmm. So I believe these are the secret teachings. And someone got very mad at me when he said this. They're like, well, why, 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 would, why wouldn't they be in the Bible? Why did they keep them out? I said, well, if you're getting instructions on what to do, how to do it, and precisely how to begin to raise your vibration and do these things, whatever you believe, um, why is that missing 
from this this book that everybody around the world is reading. So I I find that this is what's happening right now is we're being given not the lesson first we're we're begin, we're given the test and the lesson comes right now that's that's where we're at right now in this world and so what do you what do you say sometimes because there are some people who are still structurally just you know sticking their feet into the ground and saying i'm not doing this because it doesn't fit this well one of the most beautiful experiences I had a couple of years ago was I got to go sit in between two Christian preachers and one on my right was a female. And what I knew about her was that she packs the house. They said she has about 600 people come to her, her sermons on a Sunday. And then on my left was this man who'd been a Christian preacher for about 30 years. And they usher me in and they had heard about me and they sit me down between them. And I'm very nervous because, you know, I, 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 although I was raised in the church and my dad was a preacher, I really feel like I have a very hard time with what you're talking about, the limitation that is put on these things. So after an hour of me sitting there sharing with the two of them, what I hear directly from God. And uh, that's the way I put it. Well, God talks to me and this is what God says. And she would repeat the scripture that matched what I said. She say that's in the Bible. And she would repeat the scripture. She was amazing because she was able to trans uh, translate the Bible from a higher consciousness. And so when I would speak it from a higher consciousness, she would say, and this is the scripture that backs up what you're saying. And he was so perplexed. And he looked at me and he said, do you mean to tell me that you've been sitting here for an hour quoting the Bible and you've never read it? And I said, yeah, (laughs) Uh, because that's exactly what we're doing now is we're coming into a time where the higher truths of the Bible are going to be revealed. And all of our direct connection is going to be bringing us into the higher truths that we didn't have access to before. It's like the Paul Harvey. We're going to get all the the rest of the story. We're going to begin to understand because we're going to be hearing directly what the truth is. Yes. That's, that's to me, I feel like um, the, the, the Bible, Christianity, all of these things are coming into a 5d consciousness. Everything is, everything is. We had Stephen M. R. Covey on the show and his sister as well in a separate episode, uh, Cynthia Covey Holler. They are the the children, the adult children of Stephen Covey, who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And Covey said, Stephen Covey, the, the father, he would travel to Hindu into places where it's Hinduism is the main religion. He'd go to India, he'd go to the Middle East, he'd go to Dubai, and he would speak. And people would come up to him afterwards and they go, you know, these principles are in our great spiritual works. And he goes, well, these principles are universal. You know, everywhere you go, this is just the best way to awaken consciousness and just be a better human being. And so what you just said, I find incredibly profound because when I would do a, a period in life where I would grow in consciousness and I would learn or I would, you know, I'd start meditating more and having, you know, for lack of a better word, out-of-body experiences and communication through dreams and God talking to me directly through perception and different things like this, I realized that every round in my life when I would read a spiritual book, like let's say the Bible, I would see it with brand new eyes and I go, Oh, that's what that meant. I couldn't comprehend it when I was 18, what was really going on. You know, simple stories like, you know, Moses was stood there at the burning bush and was listening to God talk through this bush. Well, now I understand his Kundalini had awakened and he could see fire around everything. So that led me to the journey of understanding. He raised his consciousness. He was in a higher state of consciousness. It wasn't a mental thing, it was he could hear God speaking through everything because of that Kundalini awakening. So little little things like that, every time you read and you grow, 
you know, it's the difference between when I was a child, I spoke as a child. Now that I'm an adult, I embraced all adult things. That an, is an ongoing process, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think it's amazing to me that I will feel like I understand something. Oh yeah, I've got that. I, I yep, yep, got it. <laughs> yeah. And then the yeah. next, you know, there's a whole other level of that, and that's yeah. endless. And my mom says the 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 journey to a neck your next thing is never ending. Right. Never ending. I've often thought this, you know, you know, we you, there's death and reincarnation, death reincarnation, and it's we never talk about the life bef- before and in between lifetimes. You know, whether you believe in reincarnation or not, ladies and gentlemen, I I don't know. You know, I'm not trying to force my belief on you, but there's a part of us that has this deep intuition, this deep knowingness that we've lived before. Mm-hmm. We graduate, we we gravitate to certain periods in history, let's say. And we feel like we've lived there. We want to go back in time and live there. Why would you want to go back in time and live in that era? I mean, for God's sake, they had they they didn't have toilets. <laughs> you know, why would you want to go back in time? So I always laugh at that. But uh, what I start to realize is, I ask myself, when is this over? When is this over? And that's my physical mind trying to wrap itself around this thing called eternity. Let's let's put it that way. So what your mother has told you th- from beyond the veil, that this is an ongoing process of raising consciousness, moving to the next plane, and then going somewhere and incarnating there to learn a new lesson mm-hmm. in a new plane, in another planet, in another reality. This is ongoing. It never ends. Yeah. That's hard for the physical mind to comprehend. Am I right? Yeah, but I feel like it's so amazing and so fun because then you realize that this is just a a small blip and it's so it's so massive and but spirit sees this as is so beautiful and so fun and they want us to just enjoy it my mom is constantly saying enjoy this this is this is a beautiful experience to see all the beauty in it don't get caught up in it don't be so serious just yeah. enjoy it, you know, have fun. I agree with you. Have fun. Lighten up. Yeah. <laughs> have a little tequila drink, you know. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> um, okay. What should we expect now? Because I know we've delved into these stories that are in the book, but there's also a part where you are like, okay, we're we're raising in consciousness. This is the time of ascension. People are, we can physically see it now. People would rather see Jim Caviezel in The Sound of Freedom than sit down and watch Indiana Jones, which is a made-up story. Um, The veil is being pulled away. The illusion is being pulled away, just like in The Wizard of Oz, The Wizard of Ounces, when they pull back the curtain and there's this buffoon running the show. And that's happening right now. So let's talk about that exposing of truth, truth coming Mm -hmm. into the light. Yeah. So she talks about uh, the timelines as one being artificial, one being organic. And she keeps this very simple for me and my mind so that my mind can grasp it. And she just says that uh, the artificial reality is a carbon copy of the organic reality. And they exist in the organic reality. They exist in the higher truth. And the carbon copy uh, is the artificial, what David Icke talks about, you know, the 90% is the artificial. And in order for us to be in the world and not of it, as Jesus explained, um, you need to be accessing the organic timeline, walking in alignment with that while interfacing in the artificial. And there, I go into that a lot in my book. And it's this was such an important shift for me to make in my own mind. Well, it, it kind of reminds me of the matrix. You know, when you're watching the matrix, You have to be very cognizant that he's in the matrix interacting while he's also in this chair, you know, so he's in the reality, but he's in the matrix while he's in the reality. And this is, I believe subconsciously, this is why the matrix was such a popular movie because it just took off. Mm -hmm. Like, like they didn't have to advertise that much because it was such a high concept to try and explain. How do you explain the matrix when it first came out? Well, now we understand it. Mm-hmm. 
this is an illusionary world. And so we we kind of have to, we must go inward and sit in the center of who we truly are. Do you have any recommendations on how to do that? So what I do is I assist people in moving their focus into the organic reality fully so that you can come out of the artificial part of you, which we all have an artificial part of us. So you have to get the artificial part of your brain to allow you to move into the God brain part of you so that you can have the God experience. And once you do this, you begin to download and upgrade the artificial part of your brain through the source field. And so most of us are being programmed in the artificial reality. But once you begin to access the source field, you become the programmer and you're now downloading the the upgraded program into the artificial part of your brain. And that is higher truth. And once higher truth is downloaded, the illusions cannot be there at the same place at the same time. So this is how we get out of the lower timelines. We unhook ourselves from the program and we are now in charge of our avatar and we're in charge of our experience. And this is what the spiritual war is about. This is what they don't want us to understand. They want us to be locked in to the artificial reality fully. And you can see all of the things they're doing toward that goal. They're they're petrified. They're petrified right now. Yep. Yep. So the, the new... The, the new timeline is so beautiful. It is so amazing. We're already accessing it. Now we're here to assist each other in getting up and, and collectively experiencing uh, us walking in the new energy together. It's incredibly powerful what's happening right now, because honestly, Jenny, if you had asked me this 20 years ago, that the world would start to wake up, I was like... I don't believe it because I've I've talked to hundreds of people, thousands, if not, uh, if I've lost count. And they just look at me like for the longest time, like I was out there. And then a shift began. And I had people calling me up. I had one woman. She thought it was so funny that I was prepping, you know, in in Manhattan. I lived in New York City. And you remember when the power went out? I think it was 2008 or something like that uh, across the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was the only one in my building who had candles, flashlights, you know, batter, everything. I was ready. I was prepared. prepared. And uh, she wrote a book, I guess it was five years ago, talking about preppers. And she <laughs> asked me to give a comment. I said, weren't you the one who made fun of me for all this? She's <laughs> like, I know, I know, I'm sorry. You know, it's like, and I wasn't prepping because I was, you know, some sort of conspiracy theorist. I was prepping because when I grew up in Pennsylvania, Sometimes the power would go out for two hours. And we're talking in the late 70s. Power would go out for a day. You know, we couldn't get cable television. We, you know, we we had to figure out a way to keep food fresh, you know, sometimes. So I always, in the back of my mind, thought, well, it doesn't matter how modern this world is. What if the power goes out for a week? Yeah. How are you going to charge your phone? How are you going to use it? Because mm-hmm. if the grid's down, the grid's down. And uh I remember when Hurricane Sandy uh, hit Long Island, we didn't have power for 11 days, but I did because <laughs> I had bought a, a, a power strip at a truck stop that could be charged in your car. Nice. <laughs> so I had all our devices hooked up, <laughs> running the car. I had extra gas. You know, I was prepared. It's so funny. And Everybody so, out with you. Yeah. And so, you know, when your country, your country, I'm sorry. I grew up that way. You know, we're prepared. Okay. Even in the South, we got a closet with spam. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you want to be vegetarian? Good luck with that when the power goes up. So we have a closet with, you know, uh, packets of soup, packets of, we have survival, you know, foods, everything. And so I didn't do it out of any conspiracy theory. I just, you, you, I was a boy scout. Be prepared. Very smart. Yeah. Right. Hello. (laughs) So, uh, you know, this is, I believe this is what's happening right now. We are about to go through something big. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Because I I could sit here and speculate all day, but 
you know, I feel like people like you are on the, the pulse of what's really about to happen. Yeah. Okay. So I have to tell you, Brad, they're closing the library and I'm going to have to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is a great conversation, but <laughs> no, they're kicking me out. All righty. Can we start We could do it again. I would be happy to do more. Uh, All right. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do a part two on this. How's okay. that? This will be yeah. part one. Jenny, yeah. I want to thank you for being on Awakened Nation. Thank you, my dear. Thank you, Brad. You're welcome. Hey, everybody, tune in next week. Bye. Thank you so much for being a big part of the Awakened Nation movement. This is how you can help me and our extraordinary guests. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let's grow this movement by word of mouth. Our success will be because of you. Thank you, and see you next week.